The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our football beat writer, and uh, Jason Munns, our jack-of-all-trades producer, writer, and just generally a good guy. We are coming to you live from uh, 495 Union Avenue uh, a few days after Memphis uh, beat the tar out of Georgia State to improve to 2-1 and one this season, a bounce-back effort after the Navy loss, and... Uh, we're now looking forward to another uh, non-conference game against South Alabama Saturday night at the Liberty Bowl. Seemed like Memphis got all the offensive kinks out. Uh, Daryl Henderson is now suddenly uh, coming into the mainstream. People around college football are starting to know who he is uh, now that he's leading the country in rushing yards after another 200-yard rushing performance. Brady White threw another five touchdowns. Uh, we had they had a fake punt, they had an interception, you know, just also all sorts of good stuff in that game. But uh, and and we'll go through all that. We'll talk about South Alabama. We'll talk about some other stuff. But uh, first, I'll hand it over to Evan. Evan, I'm curious what what were your biggest takeaways from that Georgia State game? What are we learning about this team now that we're three games into the season? I think three games in, we're seeing that if the Tigers want to keep winning right now, be Daryl Henderson. I mean. Daryl Henderson's proven now that he's not just maybe the best back in the AAC for now, at least, but he's definitely, you know, in the conversation of one of the more impressive backs as far as starting how he started the season. Um, beat him the ball, watch good things happen. Um, I think the defense got back on track a little bit. I wasn't too pleased with some of their missed tackling. It was probably not their best defensive job because the first two games, the standard was so high. They did so well against Navy. Um, but like you said, they did have an interception. Um, I thought special teams, we really saw why Memphis has been the class of the AAC. They had a blocked PAT. They had a blocked field goal that um, Mike Norvell was very excited about. Um, I really thought the special teams really kind of made its way known that, you know, we are part of this team as well, and we are going to be good as well. So I think the one big takeaway, obviously, besides Henderson, is you saw this team bounce back, be aggressive early on. They got Tony Pollard involved, which was great to see, you know, he hadn't really played too much the first two games, but he got touches receiving the ball, kept uh, running the ball, had the first touchdown. So I think this was a good way for everyone to feel good, even if it wasn't like the 50-point win that we had against Mercer. Or we, not we, they had against Mercer, but um, it was a game that you could feel good about, I think. So that's what I would take away. Yeah, it's interesting, the Henderson thing, because I've seen, you know, now they're starting to, I guess there's, there's some buzz, I guess, maybe about maybe him being a Heisman Trophy <laughs> candidate. Um, and I would just say, you know, he's he's starting to get some notice nationally. But I think before he can be a legitimate Heisman uh, candidate, he's going to have to do this against some better competition um, and continue to do it. But it really is remarkable. He's averaging over 14 yards a carry. He leads the nation in rushing yards, even though, you know, the other guys who are second, third, fourth, fifth, they're like bell cow ball carriers who get the ball all the time, and Daryl has not. And I just find it interesting. You wrote a story. It's up at CommercialAppeal.com where you asked Mike Norvell, why, is, why doesn't he get more carries? And Mike you know, sort of cited the fact that they've kind of blown out the two. They've had blowouts these two games at home, and then the Navy game 
was pretty unorthodox in that they, you know, only had 49 snaps, which is tied for the lowest they've had in a Mike Norvell coached game at Memphis. I would just point out, you know, to him, to Mike, he wasn't getting a lot of carries last year either. And he, you know, they weren't blowing everyone out there. I think, I don't know if it's maybe just to keep him healthy, keep him fresh. You do have Patrick Taylor. Um, but the bottom line is he's touched the ball 20 times. He's had 20 offensive touches in a game once during his entire career. And I think he's showing that uh, I think he needs to get over 20 every game. And, and I know Patrick Taylor is really good, but Daryl Henderson seems to do something great with the ball every time he gets it. And I don't understand why you would try to limit that in any way whatsoever. Um, maybe as we, you know, maybe South Alabama won't be the best you know, sort of test for this because I, I have a feeling it could be another lopsided game. But moving forward, I just hope I hope Daryl Henderson getting the ball as much as possible is part of their game plan. Um, what do you think, Jason? What do you you're you're kind of new to watching this team this season? Does it do you do you like the fact that that Mike seems to go with more of a running back by committee approach? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that I you know, just to play devil's advocate, maybe maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they know, maybe they've seen in the past that increasing his increasing Henderson's workload that maybe that does adversely affect him in one way or another. Um, maybe not. Maybe maybe he very well uh, deserves and and should get more touches and more carries. And uh, it would be you know if he if there is no drop off. Um, it would be really scary to see what he could do if they did increase his uh, involvement in the offense a little bit more. But maybe there is something, maybe there is a very good reason why they don't, the the coaching staff doesn't include him more uh, in the game plan. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not prepared to say that, you know, I'm at least going to consider the fact that maybe there is a good reason why, um, why they don't feature him more. Well, I do think durability is a is a concern with the coaching staff with him. I think it's two things. I think durability, I mean he had a he missed the Liberty Bowl last year with a hamstring injury and just you know, those guys guys like him who who rely on speed and he's not relying just on that this year. That's what's been most impressive about him, but you know, it it's like a sports car. You know, you got to mm-hmm. it's got to be perfectly tuned. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think the other part is that they really like Patrick Taylor. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a good back in his own right. Um, and, and he, he certainly should be used. I think that's, that's probably the reason, but with the way Daryl is playing right now, I think you have, I I just think he needs the ball more. Yeah. Common sense just dictates that you keep giving him the ball, keep feeding him like Evan said. But, uh, again, you, you brought up the fact that just one time in his career, he's had more than 20 touches in a single game there might be something to that. You know, we just don't know. There may be, they may see something in practice or uh, just philosophy wise. I mean, I'd like to know, you know, whether, you know, what the other trends are for the other running backs in the Mike Norville offense, you know, are there other guys that have, you know, don't get the ball as much as, you know, as much as they should or as much as. Well, and the thing with this offense, because it's, you know, when they're going, it's no huddle, it's fast paced, you know, Guys who get on the field at the start of a drive, if it gets moving, there's not a lot of time to remove them from the game. So if Patrick Taylor starts a drive and they get rolling, they're going to leave him in the game because mm-hmm. it's a no-huddle, fast-paced offense. 
Um, so that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, and I think we should, we would be remiss if we didn't point out the fact that, you know, Daryl has had some impressive runs where he's outrun people. <clears throat> he's run over defenders. He's running through lanes that are the size of city streets at times. I mean, this offensive line has played very well. True. Yeah. Um, all, all three games really. Um, and they've lived up to sort of the billing that they had with four or five starters back. Um, you know, I think there's a couple, I think like Roger Joseph and maybe Trevon Tate, like those, I think you might see them in the NFL next year or at least on a roster or, or a practice squad or something like they're very good. And so I think that's a huge luxury for this offense moving forward. Um, and it sounds like they'll be tested a little more this week. Mike Norvell has said that South Alabama has the best defensive line that Memphis has faced so far this year. So that was that was pretty interesting to me. What do you what do you make of what do you think this team needs to show people moving forward as we, you know, obviously again, South Alabama probably not the biggest test for this team, but what Evan, what do you think this team needs to prove still in terms of, you know, as we get to those tougher games against Tulane, UCF, Missouri? I think it's a matter of just, you know, take care of business. I I mean, it sounds simple enough, but in games like this, I think you need to go out, convince everyone that, hey, we can beat a team we should be, you know, that may be a little bit overmatched. I think the line right now is, what, 28, 29 points maybe. Um, I'd say go out there, prove yourselves again, let this offense get back on track, put up points. The defense, I think, needs to come out and say, hey, let's prove ourselves again against the South Alabama team. So I think right now it's a matter of, proving yourself over and over again to make sure that you're in good shape because when Tulane comes next week, they need to be in good shape. Otherwise, they could be you know surprised by Tulane, although from what we saw from Tulane already defensively, we could see. But for now, what I think they need to do is take care of business, you know, dominate the South Alabama team. This team should put up a little bit of a struggle defensively. Um, I read that you know, Nor- Norvell told us you know, they've intercepted the ball. they got a lot of sacks. So this will be a good test for the offensive line. Can they get the same level of push? Is this team going to load up the box and force Henderson to go to the outside or make Brady White beat them? So let's see what happens. And uh, that's what I think they need to do is just take care of business and get the win that they need to get. Here's two things I want to see from this team, not just this game, but just in general. One, I think they need to develop. I don't think Brady White's ever going to be a great downfield passer this season, but they need to develop some semblance of a threat downfield so that teams don't start loading the box against Daryl Henderson, Patrick Taylor, etc. Two, I want to see this Memphis front seven be dominant. They've got all this depth. They've got guys like Jackson Dillon playing well. They've got these great linebackers. But against, um, against Georgia State, Georgia State got some good yards on the ground. They were not physically dominant in that game. And I would like to see that because it was a... It was a it was an issue for this group last year, the front seven sort of getting pushed around a little bit and not creating a lot of pressure. And I, it's not like they played bad against Georgia State. I just, against a team like that, I want to see them dominate. And I want to see that against South Alabama. I want to see the front seven just manhandle South Alabama um, because I just think that's something they're going to need moving forward when they get into AAC play and start facing some more prolific offenses. Um, so those are two things I would really like to see. We should note that Keith Brown, the junior college linebacker transfer, uh, was 
kind of being counted on as sort of a pass rusher, outside linebacker. Mike Norvell announced today that he is out for the year uh, with an unspecified injury. But again, that's a that's an area where they've developed a lot of depth, so it's not the biggest blow. Obviously, Keith had done had done well in training camp because he'd he'd worked his way into the two deep and was getting snaps, but um, just something to something to be aware of. And then LaAndre Thomas, starting safety, did not practice today. Tuesday, he went down with a I think a shoulder injury, maybe or something like that. Upper body, let's call it an upper body injury in the Georgia State game. Uh, Mike said his status will be monitored throughout the week so we'll see if uh if he plays against uh south alabama again i don't know if they necessarily need him to play against south alabama but let's let's talk a little bit about just the playing south alabama at the liberty bolts the second straight home game um it's a this is part of a home and home series and i'm curious what you guys think about you know i I hear a lot of complaints about the memphis football schedule um the way they have it set up right now, essentially, they have a Power 5 team coming to the Liberty Bowl every other year. So last year it was UCLA. This year, obviously, there's you know there's none. Next year, they play Ole Miss to open the year. The following year, they go to Ole Miss. The year after that, they start a home-and-home series with Mississippi State. And then in 2023, they get the home game as a return for this Missouri series. So essentially, 2019, 2021, and 2023, they have Power 5 teams coming to the Liberty Bowl. Personally, I think for the, the the program is at a point now, to me, where you know one game is not going to decide their bowl eligibility. And so I'd like to see them have two Power 5 series going at the same time, so that you have one at home, one on the road every year. I don't think... They should be scheduling too many. They have like right now. They have home and homes against South Alabama. The Georgia State game was technically a home and home, even though the road game last year got canceled. They have a home and home with U- University of Texas San Antonio coming up, with Arkansas State coming up. I just, to me, I I just think the program is at a point where once those are done, I just don't think you should be scheduling those anymore. And, and I asked Mike Norvell about, it and he, you know, he gave kind of the company line about how part of the reason they schedule these games is because these are areas where they recruit. But to me, I would just, I would like to see two power five programs on the schedule. So you have one at home guaranteed every year. And then maybe you have one conference USA Sunbelt. If you want to have a home and home, cause you don't want to pay the buy game for that have one of those and then an FCS game. Like to me that's the ideal schedule. Um but I'm curious what you guys think. I hear a lot of complaints from fans about especially this year about how there's just it's just not a great home schedule. Um you, luckily they have UCF coming here. Imagine if like UCF wasn't coming here. Um and they have Houston coming here. Like imagine if you don't have those two games on the home schedule. It'd be you know if it was Tulane and SMU instead. I mean it'd be Really, just you know, not a great home schedule. But what are your guys' thoughts on it? Evan? I'll start with you. What are your, what are your thoughts on on their scheduling philosophy? I mean, you laid it out pretty well. Like, I'm looking at the schedule here, and I guess when I saw the schedule this year, the first thing I thought of was what game is going to get people here before UCF besides the season opener. And I didn't see one that just really stood out to me. Now we can assume that Friday's game against Georgia State, the crowd was low because of high school football, because the Redbirds were playing in the 
PCL Championship Series. For the record, the, the crowd was like 27,000. I don't think the PCL Championship Series really had that big a role in it. Not much, but I mean, just, okay, well, let's just say, let's just put high school football in there too, yeah. just to say. But um, And the game time didn't help either. Yeah, 6 no, p.m. Okay. Kickoff. 6 o'clock, yeah. People are still getting off work, whatever, so... But still, looking at the schedule, there wasn't that game where it's like, we have to go if you're a Memphis fan. Like, what's the game that's going to be that besides UCF and Houston? And granted, those two games, I think, will attract great crowds. But if you're looking at the schedule, you're like, okay, Ole Miss next year, great. But what else is going to be there non-conference-wise? And so I'm, I'd am i be curious to know what Memphis wants to do. Like, do they think that it's harder to schedule Power 5 teams because, you know, you're starting to get more attention, starting to get more notoriety? Because I know that might be a problem, a question where teams may not want to play because of that. But um, I'm, I'm curious for you guys. You guys have covered college football more than me. Like, if teams start to get more notoriety, are Power Five teams going to be willing to say let's play? That is that is certainly a good point, and I believe there's That's something definitely to a factor that. here. Yeah, that does play into it, no doubt about it. And and let's also uh, establish the fact that uh, for that reason and many others, it's difficult to schedule power five home and homes it just is if you're in memphis right now but there are two two of the biggest two of the key factors in growing your program and taking steps forward is getting better on the field and then scheduling like a team like a big time program and you you don't you don't you know you you accomplish one where they're playing really well and they're one of the better uh I guess group of five teams in the country right now. Uh, but then there's the next step and, and you can't, you really can't do much. You've done about all you can as far as getting better on the field. Like that part, that, that box is checked. Now it's time to start scheduling. Like you're one of the better uh, group of five teams in well, the country. Well, and here's the other, other thing with scheduling. I mean, right now they're scheduling for like 2025, 2026. Mm-hmm. Right. This stuff is done right. well in advance. Right. Um, but I still, in it, and even if you like, why can't they schedule Boise State? Like that would be a great home and home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that would just, I mean, to me, that's better than playing University of Texas San Antonio. Or, Without you know, a doubt. Like you, you know that it's you know, but and at the same time, there's teams in their division. I mean, UCF's playing two Power Five teams this year. It's UNC and Pittsburgh, but it's still you know. Again, I'd rather play Pitt than uh, you know South Alabama. South Alabama. Speaking yeah. of South Alabama, though, let's caution that this is pro- outside of Navy so far. This is going to be the the biggest test that that Memphis is is going to face. I mean, Steve Campbell's a good coach. Um, South Alabama is a good program. And and speaking of Steve Campbell, a little minor footnote here: he uh, took the South Alabama job after coaching three seasons at Central Arkansas, which Mike Norvell, we know his connection to Central Arkansas. So just a little. Undercurrent there. Was he responsible for Mike Norvell's dreadlocks? <laughs> he he was only. I there. guess they weren't dreadlocks. Cornrows. 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 I'm I'm new to the to the party. You've never here. seen his college picture. No. Mike oh. Norvell in his. Co- it's like Google. all over the internet. <laughs> um, in his college football like team photo is has cornrows. It's kind of hilarious. So if I just Google Mike Nor, there it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um so that's uh yeah, Mike Mike knows he'll never live that down. He even mentioned it today when he was walking away from the cuz someone was asking him he, he someone asked him about Anthony Miller's uh touchdown dance last night yeah. with the Bears and then as he was walking away there you know he 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 said there's no way he's going to do that dance but like he clearly was aware of the shoot dance by Blockboy JB 
and someone mentioned like, oh, you're you're definitely uh, you definitely know what that is. He goes, yeah. Have you seen my college photo? <laughs> That's um, so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. So, oh man, that yeah. needs to be his Twitter biopic or something like that. It's- yeah. Well, I think at first he was he didn't. I don't think he loved the the fact that it kept coming up at first, but I think he's embraced the fact that it's honestly going to be part of who he is as a coach moving forward. Oh yeah. I mean, um, if it's getting this much attention here, just wait till his next job. And let's face it. The kids are going to, all of his players are going to be like, Hey coach, remember that photo? And you know, it might endear him to him. So <laughs> yeah, he needs to own it. I mean, he just needs to embrace it. And that needs to be on the wall of his office. I agree. That'd be great. Yeah. So, well, we will, uh, we will see, maybe he'll come out on a uh, Saturday night with, uh, no, he won't. No, no, <laughs> he won't. No, He'll never no. go back to that look. But uh, we will be there on Saturday chronicling all the action from the Liberty Bowl when Memphis takes on South Alabama. 7 p.m. kick. Hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a good crowd. Um, I think this team, I, I wrote about it in my column last week. This, this team's a lot of fun. I know they lost to Navy, but they're a lot of fun to watch. And they're still a lot of fun to watch. And I'm curious to see how this thing kind of develops. What, what will they take sort of uh the next step against South Alabama uh, before we re-enter conference play. Um, till then, till next week, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. We'll see you at the Liberty Bowl. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.